This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series where we react to the latest Arsenal news, transfers, matches, etc. And there'll be another show a little bit later on this evening, straight after Arsenal's match with Slavia Prague. Fingers crossed the Gunners can come through the performance. If you're watching this tomorrow and we've lost catastrophically, don't rub it in. Um, but I'm going to be joined today by a guest to discuss a topic which has kind of cropped up over the last few days, discussing uh, Lucas Torreira, who has been... A player not around at Arsenal for quite a while. He's been spending time on loan at Atletico Madrid. And I say spending time, not really playing, um, but spending some time there. He's been going through a pretty tough time, of course, from a personal perspective. And that has led to some comments coming out through interviews that has led to us basically being in a situation whereby his future is incredibly uncertain from an Arsenal point of view, but looks quite certain in regards to where he could go in the summer. So without further ado, let's crack on with the today's show. Very pleased to be joined uh, by the editor of Galazzo, Peter Coates. How you doing, mate? You well? I, I completely muted you and I didn't hear any of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so right. Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. But thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem at all, mate. Uh, do you want to just give uh, kind of the listeners a bit of a background on to what you do regarding uh, Argentinian football at Galazzo? Yeah, so I, I live in Buenos Aires and, and run the Golazo Argentino Twitter and the, the site. So, yeah, I mean, talk about Argentinian football basically exclusively. Um, so all the clubs mainly in the top flight, but some promotion stuff and the national team, of course. Um, yeah, and then any other transfer rumours that may be involving players from outside Argentina like this one. Uh, first question before we get into it is is why? What is it about Argentinian football that you've kind of gravitated towards? Why why that specifically? Yeah, I mean, I moved out here um, some quite a few years ago now um, for a job. And then obviously as a football fan from England, already had a, a, a small amount of knowledge about Argentinian football. But obviously once here... And surrounded by it, you can't really avoid it. And as a football fan, Buenos Aires is an amazing 
city to be living in. So um, yeah, just started the page and then gradually started getting jobs from that really. Nice. Um, we are obviously here to talk about Lucas Torreira. He did an interview very recently where he came out and effectively announced that Boca is where he wants to go. Just to get kind of your initial reaction to that discussion and that interview that came out very swiftly after, of course, the news broke that his mother had passed away as well. What was your reaction to, to hearing such kind of clear indication from him that he wanted to go straight to Boca? Yeah, I mean, I think it obviously it's, it's always strange when you hear someone at 25 who's in Europe saying that they want to come back to South America now as you said there's obviously that big mitigating circumstance that he's just lost lost his mother um which I think is probably what's led Mikel Arteta to come out since and kind of say now is maybe not the time to be talking about future mm. and things like that but, and, and I think in a sense he's right it's not the sort of time that you want to be making a snap decision about your career because understandably, I think a lot of us in the same situation would immediately our thoughts would be to be close to our family. And, and that seems to be the overriding factor in Torreira's statement. And what his father's then subsequently said is that, you know, he's been away in Europe since before he made his professional debut. Mm. So his entire career has been in Europe. Um, and now, he, obviously, with the passing of his mother is, is a time for him to say, look, I want to be back in South America closer to my family. Um, and Buenos Aires is very very close to, to to Uruguay I mean it's a very easy trip to be able to make back and forth uh, and he obviously came out with quite an obvious come and get me to a, a club like Boca with a shirt on and to say that he you know he's always kind of supported them even being from Uruguay um, so there's there's all those factors that kind of make you say okay I, I can I can understand it um, but of course the other side of it is that this is a guy who's an international footballer at 25. And when you, t when you often think about Argentina or the South American leagues, people talk about a, a talent donor in that there's this big hole of a lack of talent for those players in their mid-20s like Torreira. You have a lot of players at the beginning of their careers who are yet to make the move who are very, very good. And then the players at the end of their careers who are maybe coming back mm. in their 30s. But Torreira would be a, a real outlier in the fact that he's asking to come back and play in South America before even he really should be finding his peak. So... Um, I think the initial reaction is one of surprise in that sense, but also in, in Argentina anyway, and certainly around Boca, there's a sort of inflated sense of the club as well. Yeah. In that in we're Boca juniors, so of course he wants to come and play for us. Um, now, I, I guess we'll get on to discussing how <laughs> viable that is. Um, and I will explain, I'm sure, as we go on. I, I, I still think there's a lot to be done before we can even start talking about Lucas Torreira playing for Boca after June. How, In terms of kind of what this would effectively mean for a club like Boca Juniors to sign a player from Europe approaching his... He's not even in his prime, but approaching his prime. I'm assuming it would be coming across in Argentina as, as a massive coup to, to get that deal done. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I think... Boca, as I said, are, are such a big club and they dominate the, the media spotlight in, in Argentine football, them and, them and River Plate. Um, so in that sense, there is this, you know, I don't want to use the word arrogance, but I think it, there is a, a sense of like, well, Lucas Torreira is not, not messy. It's not Neymar coming. It, it, yeah. it, he's achievable. Um, you know, and this is a, they obviously got Carlos Tevez to come back from Juventus 
when he first came back before that spell in China. So mm. they, they still feel as though they're a club that can offer South American players that kind of level. Um, but no, I mean, I think from anyone without Boca tinted glasses would still say it's a big, big coup to get a player at that age to be coming back. Mm. Let's talk about the actual capacity and the situation of Boca. Financially, obviously, the pandemic has hit a lot of clubs throughout the world. Um, but from my understanding, it's it's hit kind of Boca quite hard in, in regards to kind of the finances in not just Boca, but Argentina as well. So how is that going to affect their capacity to sign not just Torreira, but kind of any players of significance going forwards? Yeah, I mean, massively. And, it, and it's not just the pandemic thing as well. I mean, the, the Argentine economy... Um, is was already poor before that and mm. i think in, and impacting clubs because a lot of these a lot of the clubs Boca and and a lot of the bigger clubs had contracts with certain players that when they'd made them some years ago were, were sort of in dollars um but then obviously having to adjust that into the argentine peso which is with the rate of inflation just keeps getting more and more out of control so a lot of those have had to be adjusted and you can see Boca's problems financially just from the fact that the little transfer moves they made at the start of the year in January, because we saw the Copa Libertadores 2020 roll into 2021. Boca went out in the semi-finals emphatically to Santos when they would have really been looking at it as we, we really want to get our hands on the Copa Libertadores title. And I think any other time when they had some money there, they said, okay, there's obvious areas of that team we need to address after going out a number nine, a right back and maybe a, a central midfield player and they didn't bring in any of those they were mm. they nearly brought in a right back from colombia and that failed a medical fell through so they've basically gone into 2021 the start of the domestic season and the forthcoming copper Libertadores 2021 group phase with basically the same squad and they're obviously waiting until june before they do anything but i think if they had been in a better financial situation they would have been making moves in january February to, to, to be up and running. Um, Marcus Rocco came in from Man United, um, but was more like he was available and he wanted to come as well um, and they could get the deal done. But it wasn't one which I think necessarily filled the real problem areas of the team. So that was seen already. Pandemic, as you say, hasn't helped. And, and I do think when you look at this deal, it's difficult to see mm. how Boca can agree a deal with Arsenal without Arsenal almost giving them Torreira. Because at the same time in June, the, the, the bigger talk, I think, or the sort of primary target, I think is going to be Cavani. Um, they want to bring in a centre forward, as I mentioned before, it's probably one of their priorities. And I think they've highlighted Cavani as like a real possible target for them with, mm. when he's on a free. But that's going to be an expensive deal, even without a transfer fee, because Cavani's going to demand probably the biggest contract or certainly on an equal level with the likes of Tevez, which is going to put a strain on the finances. Um, so if you're talking about having to do that and a deal for Torreira in the same window, it's going to be difficult. Um, so that's why I say I think it's it's really difficult to imagine how they can do it without Arsenal saying either we pay a lot of his... We, the, the only way they're talking about it happening anyway is a, is a loan deal. Yeah. Um, and even with that, I'm imagining without knowing what his weekly salary is at Arsenal, that Arsenal would have to say, we're going to pay quite a lot of it and you can have him for a year, which I don't know. I would have thought Arsenal would, if they're, if they're going to get to the point where they're saying, 
okay, we're going to lose him, but we need to try and recoup something. I would have thought there'll be better offers on the table than the one that Boca would be able to offer. At the end of the day, like Torreira can come out and say that he wants to go to Boca Juniors. He's got two years left on his deal. It's not like he's got a year left or it's expiring at the end of the season. Arsenal are in full control of this situation still and will not allow themselves to lose significant amount of money. They spent 25-ish million quid to bring him from Sampdoria in the first place. And have paid. Obviously, he's got a significant wage. I think it's. I think it's between fifty to eighty thousand pounds per week, yeah. which is still a significant amount of money um, for, for both Boca and, and obviously Arsenal with their wage structure. So, the only way, as you said, I can see this happening is there's, there's three options in my mind. The first one, as we talked about, is a loan situation. That's what I've heard is that Boca effectively would be open to talking to Arsenal about a loan deal, where Arsenal would be paying quite a large proportion of his wages still. Um, the other two routes is the other one you mentioned where they effectively just, and they have a habit of doing this recently, cancelling a contract, which they have done with the likes of, well, not necessarily Mesut Ozil, but certainly Squadron Mustafi's contract was effectively nullified and he then went and left for Schalke. Um, so that is a route which I would not expect Arsenal to, to kind of really favour, considering that he is a financial yeah. asset to them with two years left on his deal. The third option is what kind of a lot of the the supporter base rather than genuine kind of sources have suggested is that a player plus cash or just a player swap type situation could enable Arsenal to be open to this. Now, with the situation that Arsenal are in at the moment, whereby positions that they're looking for in the summer window under Mikel Arteta are wanting to upgrade upon current players in the squad because of the situation where they are in the league they need to progress they need to improve the squad and to do that you're going to be looking at some serious players there are positions though in the team which are in need of depth to be added to and one of those is is left back the other is goalkeeper do any of those two positions or anywhere else of course for that matter would there be anyone within the Boca situation that you think Arsenal would possibly look at in those roles? In all honesty, it's difficult to to see anyone who's ready that you look at now and say they could go in and, and do a job in at Arsenal or in in a sort of a club that has the potential to to challenge what further up the heart further up the table than they currently are. <laughs> Not challenged for the title, but... Yeah, of course. I mean, if we're being honest, Arsenal, Arsenal's position now is obviously not where the mm. club would expect to be. So they're, they're going to be looking for players that are higher than, than a mid-table Premier League club even. You'd hope so, and, yeah. And I, and I think when you look at the Boca squad now, it's difficult to kind of see who they, who they would throw in. Okay, So if you mention those positions, I think... The left back at the moment is Frank Fraber, a Colombian international, but isn't a young guy um, and is shaky, very shaky defensively. So at, at this point of his career, I don't think there's any chance that Arsenal would look at him and say, I'll throw him in because I just don't think he'd have much yeah. weight. Um, I think Esteban Andrade is a good goalkeeper, um, obviously plays for Argentina as well. But again, whether you're going to say, is he... A Premier League goalkeeper, I don't know. But then, anyway, you'd, I think you'd be talking about him coming in as a squad player, and yeah, I mean, he doesn't stand out as someone who'd say oh, he'd be a fantastic signing for Arsenal. Um, so those two positions, it's it's relatively thin, and I think when you look through the rest of the squad, um, in terms of as I say, Premier League quality, it's mm-hmm. a bit difficult. I mean, 
Christian Pavon is still on Boca's books and Arsenal were linked with him a couple of years ago now when yeah. he was breaking into the Argentina team. But since then, he went on loan to LA Galaxy because Boca, he'd sort of di dipped in form post-2018 World Cup, went to LA Galaxy. They wanted to do a deal but couldn't finance it with Boca. So he's now at Boca but not really involved. So, you know, his stock's fallen a, a long way from the time when they were in the room, English media saying Arsenal were interested in Pavon and there was 30 million pound kind of numbers being thrown around. It's a long yeah. way from that now. Um, so that looks unlikely. And then there are talented young players coming through the squad from, you know, Bocca's academy always produces players, but they're a long way from being European ready. I mean, Ezequiel Sebastios, um, Christian Medina, Alan Varela, Luis Vasquez, Probably those four are all under 20, 18 or 19, all around the first team. But none of them are playing week in, week out first team football. So you can watch little bits of them and say he looks like he could be a talent. Um, but if you were to move one of them into Europe now, I think most people would say it's very, very premature. So I don't know if, again, there wouldn't be the sort of players that I think you'd look at in this type of deal and say... Put, add them in and maybe we can do a deal for Torreira because Arsenal are rightly going to say, well, you're giving us very, very, very raw potential and we're giving yeah. you a ready-made, fully-fledged international midfielder. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to see where Boca would be able to offer players that Arsenal would say that that works for us. It's a very, it's a brilliant, comprehensive kind of look at the the players that they can offer. And from listening to you talk about that, it just makes me feel like that it's exceptionally unlikely a deal is, would would happen in this summer. Um, it's a really difficult coming from kind of the Arsenal perspective of things. Torreira came into Arsenal from Sampdoria as kind of a player that we desperately needed, a tenacious, defensive-minded midfielder that would intercept passes, win tackles, recover the ball, and recover possession. And then under Unai Emery was kind of used in kind of an advanced midfield role yeah. towards the latter part, which kind of really stunted his development and brought him lesser down the pecking order. And the likes of Mateo Kenduzi went above him. Granite Xhaka was always above him. And then Arsenal, of course, signed Thomas Partey in the summer, which completely blew anyone else out of the water in regards to quality. Under Mikel Arteta, he was injured and fell out of the kind of favour. I think he got injured in the, the cup game against Portsmouth, I think it was, back at the start of uh, the start of 2020. And then decided to go on loan to Atletico Madrid, where he's been not used at all, really, under Diego Simeone. Um, of course, that's not necessarily a big insult to Torreira. They have a very good midfield setup at, at Atleti, even with uh, Partey departing. So, as a kind of rounding off question, I know that obviously all the information we talked about here kind of does lean towards. Terrera not really going anywhere. I'd just love a prediction from you about what you kind of feel will eventually happen with him in this summer or beyond. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot's going to depend on all of those, a lot of those factors we mentioned, how hard he, he and his dad seem to be willing to try and push this. I mm. think one of the things that his dad mentioned on the radio here, um, when he said that Boca's the first choice, but there's been contact with Brazilian clubs, maybe may have a, a, a little more legs in it because I think the Brazilian clubs financially... Are better yeah. off, so they would. I think they would be able to offer if you're just looking at the finances of it. Flamengo um, were one I saw yeah, linked, yeah, exactly. And, and when you look at the, 
the business that Flamengo have done over the last couple of years and some of the transfers they've made, you know, the money spent on Gabi Gol, on Pedro. Jesson. Huge, yeah, Jesson. Yeah. Huge transfer fees, way beyond Argentinian football. So if they have that kind of money, which maybe they don't because they'd sold players in advance of those deals, yeah. but but we'll take for granted anyway that a lot those top Brazilian clubs do have more money. That's unquestionable. Then I think if you're looking at South America, then maybe that has more realism than than a move to Boca. Um, so that's probably where I would lean if I, if Torreira is going to head back to South America. Final question then. Um, slight tangent away from Torreira uh, is obviously Arsenal will be looking at a midfielder uh, in the summer. They'll be looking to bring one in both in central midfield and attacking midfield because there's no guarantees that Martin Odegaard is is going to continue on at Arsenal. One of the names from an Argentinian perspective that Arsenal were linked to was Real Betis' Guido Rodriguez. Um, what do you know about him as a player in terms of how he's kind of... Because he, I believe he came from Argentina to Betis um, and has done really well in kind of the second half of this season after a bit of a more quieter start. What do you know about him? Do you think he's someone that Arsenal could could possibly get a decent player from and he's being kind of the figures that are significant? So that would indicate as such that they rate him as a better specifically, rate him as a very good player. But what are your thoughts around him? And anyone else you think, Argentinian-wise, Arsenal could target? Yeah, I mean, I've always liked him, um, Rodriguez. He came through at River um, initially and, and was considered a, a really big talent at the time, but moved to uh, Defensa Justicia, a smaller club in Buenos Aires on loan, but one which has done really good work with a lot of the younger players from those big clubs that haven't quite been able to break into the first team. Um, and it was from there that he earned a move to Mexican football. So his move to Betis actually came from Club America, I think, but... He'd already had a few years in Tijuana and then at America, where he'd really become one of the, the best midfield players in Mexico. Um, so I, I think he's a good player. He's obviously played for Argentina as well. I think he brings a lot of the qualities suited to a, to a central midfield, defensive midfield player in the Premier League because he can win the ball, he's physical. But I think there's a little bit more to him than that. He's, he drives forward well, gets forward. Certainly in, in Mexico, he, he did that for America, was very effective at uh, being able to break forward. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's good depending on the fee, of course. Um, that would obviously be a big factor on how good a signing he is. But for a good for a good price, I think Guido Rodriguez at, at what, 20, 26 as well, similar age to Torreira. Uh, I think he'd be a good addition to, uh, to Arsenal or, or any uh, Premier League club. And any names that come to mind specifically, just to put you on the spot and make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, other defensive midfield players, I, th I think there are probably better, op younger options. When you're talking about younger players that could be offered as a make weight at Boca, um, mm. we'll use Torreira's position as, as, as just the, the point of reference. But I think um, David Ashala is an 18-year-old defensive midfield player at Estudiantes de la Plata, who looks very, very promising. And I, and I think if he continues playing the way he is, will be someone that will make the move to Europe or, you know, given the current trend in Argentina, you never know, he could end up going to Mexico or MLS. Yeah. But, but certainly in years of years of old, he would have been heading to, to Europe. Um, and I think Federico Navarro as well, he's a little bit older at 21 at Teixeira's, but he's another very good defensive midfield player who's, who's performing excellently 
in Argentina at the moment. So I think he's another one pushing. Um, you know, and then further forward in, in in attacking positions, there's always a lot of players that catch the eye in Argentina, who I think a lot of the big clubs in Europe are watching, like Thiago Almada or Alan Velasco. Yeah. Um, but then I think we'd be starting to talk about more, much more significant amounts of money than those players that I mentioned before. Well, Peter, I really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon to come on and, and provide to the listeners some insight, of course, into the Torreira situation uh, as well. If you've enjoyed it, guys, please make sure you drop a like on the video and check out uh, all of Peter's stuff. Do you want to tell people where they can find you and what stuff you're going to be up to? Uh, yeah, just as, as it says on the screen there, go, go to Twitter, Glasgow Argentino, and you'll see everything there. And yeah, well, I mean, if you're in the US or Canada, you can hear me on the Paramount Plus uh, coverage of the league here in argentina but uh yeah if you go to twitter you'll you'll see what i'm up to yeah i don't know what percentage of our listeners are based here over there but you know they may have heard you so uh <laughs> let us know if you have or not but uh yeah i mean you get a lot of love in the chat box um from people that have enjoyed the show so i really appreciate the time peter and uh, we'll speak to you very soon all right thanks for having me on mate no problem at all. If you've enjoyed the show, as I say, please drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. We'll be straight back after the Slavia Prague game in which we hope Arsenal have managed to drag uh, themselves to a good victory. Um, other than that, it's been a pleasure to speak to you as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.